Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we have on a very special guest. Honestly, this conversation was so fascinating. By the end of it, I literally wanted to have like 10 more hours of this conversation because it's just so good and so important. Honestly, I want to say that this work that this guest is doing is life-changing, like changing the world, changing the planet. And I just feel really grateful that we got to be a small conversation in this topic because it's so important. So our special guest is Louis Schwartzberg and he is a filmmaker. He's made some very popular films, which I'm sure you've heard about like Fantastic Fungi and Gratitude Revealed. And his work is being used all over the globe right now. And it's healing. It's healing the planet. It's healing frequencies. It's up-leveling our consciousness. And I'm just so grateful that this work is here right now in the time that we are alive to be able to observe it and learn from it and up-level because of the wisdom that's shared. Yeah. And a lot of you have heard podcast episodes in the past that we've talked about Fantastic Fungi. I mean, it's just such a inspiring film that Louise made because it really shows us the magic and the complete wonder and intrinsic beauty and divine intelligence of life. And I think that it's extremely healing to have this gratitude for life and to take in life's beauty and to have gratitude for life in general, I think is one of the most expansive things that we can do for ourselves. So I'm personally so excited to interview him. And in Louis's new film, Gratitude Revealed, he takes his view viewers on a transformational cinematic experience of how to live a more meaningful life full of gratitude. In Fantastic Fungi, Louis explored the magic of the natural world beneath our feet, but in Gratitude Revealed, he takes that wisdom above ground and journeys into the soul to celebrate the human spirit. Through his intimate conversations with everyday people, thought leaders, and personalities, gratitude is revealed as a proven pathway back from the disconnection that we feel in our lives. Okay, so without further ado, let's welcome on our guest for today, Louis Schwartzberg. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have this conversation because we're really big fans of your work. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, how are you feeling today? I feel great. Um, just got back from Europe where um, it was really interesting to show my work at Tomorrowland, which a lot of young people were there, your age, I'm sure, um, but 400,000. Wow. And, um, it's like the largest music festival on the planet. And then I was at Mind Valley, and then we did a screening in Barcelona. So it's great to be able to see that people around the world are waking up, and there's, there's a shift of consciousness going on, and I can feel it in my bones. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. 400,000 people is a lot of people to be coming yeah. together. But you know, yeah. it's it's amazing. Music festivals like that, I think, are such a pivotal part of our shift because when you gather together with that many people with this common intention of celebrating life and learning and sparking our curiosity, there's like a collective effervescence that happens when that many people come together. I really believe it's so impactful. So that's amazing. Um, well, also because... You're in Europe and, and you can't help but stick your head in these churches, like like the Gaudi Church in Barcelona was amazing. But maybe these EDM festivals or music festivals in general are gatherings of our time, similar to the gatherings that might have occurred in medieval times, when people came into this incredible, beautiful structure with the stained glass window, with the incense, the music. Everybody wants to have an immersive experience that is going to make your life better you know, and perhaps even a portal into spiritual, you know, emotional feelings. So it, it makes a lot of sense that these gatherings are what we're hardwired to do, to feel connected. 
Yeah, yes. absolutely. I love that. And just even reflecting on that, it's, it's, I think with COVID and not being able to gather now more than ever, everyone's really starting to see the value that it has. And it's, yes, you know, meeting online, you can connect and you can share energy in that space, but there's just something that you can't think or plan or mentally try to force that happens when you come into an immersive experience, like physically and mentally, emotionally, spiritually in that space. It's just, it's just life. Life happens. And, And I think in addition, what happened with COVID was the realization that connection is critical to your being, but the fact that we took it for granted that having dinner with your friends and family, we took that for granted. And then a lot of that happens in general. Like we take our health for granted. You know, we take the bees for granted. You know, it's all the things that are the foundations of life. And only when it's gone, do you sort of wake up and, and realize how critical those aspects are. So I think that, being able to be grateful for the little things in life grounds you because when it's gone, it's only when you realize how you've been blinded by the fact that, you know, you're you're not really living a full life if you're not appreciating the little things, your friends, your family, the planet, things that, that keep 70 trillion cells in your body in alignment. Like what a miracle that is, you know? So, Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love the trends that happened during COVID. Like everyone got into gardening and everyone got into baking. And I'm like, these salt of the earth things in our generation have been missing. You know, people our age literally don't know how to garden. They have never baked their own food. So coming back to these like salt of the earth experiences, sharing a meal in your home, growing food and watching it grow and then consuming it. These things are so foundational and simple, but it's funny. We like rediscovered these things that really make our lives more meaningful in this more subtle realm. And I think in general, you know, that's something that your work, I was thinking about this morning as I was walking through the forest, I was thinking about how fast-paced our society is and how much stimulation we have constantly at all times. The average person does not take the time to slow down and to be with the magic of nature because it moves too slowly for our fast-paced society. And obviously, your work with the amazing time-lapse work that you do, it's this tool that just is this quantum moment that opens our eyes to the life of nature. The fact that this magic is happening all around you, if you take the time to slow down and see it. But of course, time-lapse gives us that opportunity to not have to slow down, but to have a portal into that window. But I wanted to, you know, just kind of starting off introducing you to our audience. You know, I think everyone here has watched Fantastic Fungi for sure. We've talked about it several times on this podcast. It's really, truly a masterpiece. Um, But I wanted to ask you, how did you get into filmmaking? What was the start? What brought you into, especially, you know, filmmaking in general, but then wanting to do nature, nature, photography yeah. and film? Well, it started, I think, way back as, as, a, as a kid with my parents being Holocaust survivors. Um, that's where I really learned a lot about gratitude, which is my current film. But in terms of filmmaking in general, you know, I went to UCLA. I was going to be probably a poli-sci history major because I'd wanted to fight for social justice. And But there was an anti-war protest happening right outside my classroom, you know, with the Vietnam War. So I immediately learned how to, you know, do photography, picked up a camera, started to do, you know, document the police brutality on campus of, you know, uh, protesters being beat up, women being beat up, you know, for expressing their First Amendment freedom rights. Found out that handing in a photo essay was a lot easier than doing a paper and uh, definitely fell in love with photography. And when I fell in love with photography, that opened up a door to my learning about nature who is my greatest teacher you know and it still is teaching me everything about lighting composition color you know movement everything and then that's like a a portal you 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 go into where you're always going to be peeling away the layers and you're never going to get to the middle of it you're always going to be learning more and more and more and more and it's a beautiful um i think metaphor for learning about what is life and how do you structure your life? Because, you know, nature doesn't waste any molecules. Na- nature is efficient. 
ecosystems flourish when everybody does well. That's what we learned with the mycelial network and fantastic fungi, right? Shared economy under the ground where nutrients and food is shared without greed for ecosystems to flourish. I mean, there's the model, the blueprint, boom, right there under our feet for how communities and how governments, how workplaces could operate. I, lo I love being able to look at these biological, quote unquote, <laughs> biological, it's life <laughs> processes, which we, which we become disconnected from. It's weird. It's not like I'm looking at nature or I'm looking at biology. I'm looking at life and we are nature and we are life. And there are, are modalities and practices that have been going on for millions of years that are under our feet, literally, and we can look at it and learn. This is how life operates. It doesn't operate based on whatever we learned in the Industrial Revolution, whatever we learned in the Digital Revolution. You know, these are just different manifestations of that energy. But the, the core, the core essence of how to design, you know, your life is based on life. And how does life work? Well, we kind of gloss over that until you're sick. Yeah. You know? So true. And then all of a sudden you go, shit, man. Or mental health, same idea. You know, what do we need to have that equilibrium of, of um, feeling alive, celebrating life, um, living your purpose? You know, all those things are important to, to being a stable, caring human being, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when I think about the problems that we have in our world, you know, problems such as greed and unequal distribution of wealth and, you know, us creating acts of violence against our fellow humans, but also animals in our natural environment, like all of the big problems that are making our world go downhill, I believe that they can all be solved with love, like a capital L love, like a universal love and connection and gratitude and appreciation. And I think that nature is the gateway for that type of healing love that can solve all of those problems. Because when we can fall in love with the stories of nature and, you know, these understanding the, these relationships in nature between the trees and the mycelium and the flowers and the pollinators, when we understand that connection and those relationships and that nurturing and that rebirth and birth energy that's happening all around us, when we can see that and fall in love with that magic, I think something clicks inside of us where we realize that we are nature. We are a part of this intelligent, incredible design. And we begin to see nature around us and the animals around us as life instead of just these inanimate objects, which is crazy. But a lot of people see nature as yeah. just like, it's just a stick. You can break it and you can throw it away and it's not actually life. But when you can fall in love with nature as life and find that love and that belonging and that connection and that gratitude, I think that it changes everything. And you start to just have that feeling of unity and it changes the way that you are as a consumer. It changes the actions that you do. It changes what you want to do for work. And so I think that this gateway of appreciating the beauty of nature and seeing the magic and the aliveness of that, I think that lends itself so naturally to this practice of gratitude and appreciation. And that really is something that can shift the entire future of our collective if more and more people can fall in love with that. Um, I'm curious if that's the bridge, you know, for me, it seems like a really natural thing. You've been mm -hmm. filming nature and filming, right. you know, flowers and all these things. And then to move into gratitude seems like a really natural flow for me. But I'm curious, what was that leap for you? And what inspired you to do this film about gratitude? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people wondered, like, actually were bewildered. Why did you make a film <laughs> about gratitude in, as a follow-up, quote-unquote, to Fantastic Fungi? And I think that one was a practical thing and during COVID I couldn't go out and film. So practically speaking, going into my archive to finally make the film I wanted to make, which because I did a TED talk in 2014 about gratitude, it went viral. So I knew that there was something there, you know. Um, so there, there was a practical aspect, but but there was something that I only realized after I finished the film. And that if, if Fantastic Fungi is a journey you know, under the ground to look at like, you know, nature's operating instructions, this idea of a shared economy without greed, where nutrients are shared, nature's intelligence. Well, once you see that, once you understand it, what are you going to do about it? You know, once you have an aha moment, what are you going to do about it? You know, once you have insight, what are you going to do about it? 
How are you going to integrate that into the relationships you have with your friends, your family, your workplace, your community, and the world? So gratitude revealed, I think, is taking that wisdom of nature's intelligence and bringing it from below the ground above the ground so that we can employ that wisdom that goes back hundreds of millions of years of evolution to be able to say, this is how we can you know, live our lives and live our purpose by integrating these you know, natural practices into our lives. And also, you know, it's kind of a, a metaphor because obviously if your fans are fantastic fungi, you're not shy about talking about psychedelics. So what happens when you take a psychedelic journey? What's the most important thing that happens afterwards? Integration. What are you going to do with what you discovered you know, in that journey, was it uncovering some kind of trauma or was it just, you know, reconnecting with your soul, whatever that might have been for you as an individual, then the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to, you know, take advantage of this wisdom? You can't just like trip out and, and you know, say that, I, oh, I, I think I get it now, you know? Yeah. Right. How are you going to apply it to your life and, right. and start to make ripples of change with that big feeling that you have from that revelation? Exactly. So that's what gratitude is, I think, in relationship to fantastic fungi. I show examples of people that are remarkable but ordinary people, not necessarily celebrities. We have a handful in there, you know, that are the quote unquote thought leaders. But in a way, that's kind of talking down to an audience. I've got people that are just passionate about what they're doing you know, blues player, uh, salsa dancer, dairy farmer, um, rug weaver, you know, people of the earth, people in red states, people in rural areas that are examples of, you know, of, of passion, of, of focus, of connection, of forgiveness. The women coming out of jail, you know, how, does it, how do they use creativity to, to build self-esteem? So, yeah, I mean, th this way, you got to lean into it as you do in anything and kind of create the context that is something that you can relate to that is a part of your life and, and, and create your own meaning. I'm not going to tell you what to think or what to feel. We do actually have a, an educational curriculum, you know, which you can find on gratitudereveal.com, but like, you know, for teachers and parents and for anybody. And, and we have a companion journal based on science from Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. So for people that want to have guidelines, for people that want to have practices, which is totally cool, and, and journal, which is one of the most effective ways to practice gratitude, we offer all of that. But the movie, I want the movie to be an emotional, you know, journey experience, an immersive experience where you get to hang out with different people, different, different food, different color, different music, different cultures and just be with them and create your own context. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I, I do think that gratitude is a practice and to have those tools behind practicing it, I think is really powerful because I mean, there's so many scientific studies about the benefits of gratitude. Like I was reading this morning, just the health benefits, reducing blood pressure, improving your sleep, um, strengthening your immune system. And there's tons of studies on that. But of course, in a more lived experiential way, you can feel when you're talking about gratitude, when you're practicing gratitude, when you're listening to stories like in the movie, people sharing their gratitude, you feel the cells in your body come to life. You feel a shift. I mean, it's it's honestly one of the most powerful tools that can uplift you from anything that you're feeling. And, you know, it's interesting in this conversation that we're talking about, you know, we talked about the majesty of nature and the beauty of nature and that inspiring this love and gratitude within you. And then how do you apply that? But um, it sounds like also what you're saying, you know, in interviewing people, just commonplace people that might not have had the easiest life. And and I wanted to bring it back. You mentioned that your parents were survivors of Auschwitz. And I mean, that's incredible. And I think that sometimes the beauty of life can inspire gratitude for sure. But in my own personal experience, we can take that for granted pretty easily. Like when things are good and beautiful and you have blessings happening happening in your life, it's like, yeah, I'm grateful. But then you forget to be grateful and you have to come back and practice it. But sometimes when something really challenging, really tragic or really heartbreaking happens in your life, 
I've actually found that those are the experiences that make me feel the most grateful in kind of a lasting way. Grateful for every breath, grateful for every new day. So I'm curious, can you talk a bit about, was that part of your inspiration with gratitude as well, with your family's history and having that tragedy and, you know, so much heartbreak and pain and all of that? Definitely. I mean, you know, growing up under that roof, you appreciate all the little things in life, food on the table, a roof over your head, a steady job. Those that's what those that yeah, and, and having children. My my mom actually they were was given soup in the camp to make them sterile. So she had no idea if she'd even be able to have children. So you wow. are grateful for all the little things that that the blessings that come your way. And and they and living in a criminal apartment in Brooklyn was heaven on earth for them, you know. And you'll find that people have a tremendous amount of gr- of gratitude in places of scarcity, you know. Make, it's almost like wealthier people are obsessed and worrying about maybe getting more money, and and all the you know hassles, a trio that that are aligned with all of that. Whereas when people don't have much, maybe it's easier for them to feel grateful for what they do have. So, yeah, and, and the other thing, it does. When you talked about you know like your own experiences of when you go through hard times, and it was a great saying when your heart breaks, it lets light in, you know. So that's when you develop compassion, and it and that's when you become a better person, a deeper person, a person of value that you have gone through some hard times, that you have gone through difficulties, and it enables you to appreciate the good times even more. Because you have a range in the spectrum of emotional experiences. If you're just grooving on the good times, you don't have a point of reference. You don't know what's good or bad, you know. But but to be able to feel deeply the human condition from all different angles um, makes you, I think, a better human being. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. And I'm curious, how did you find the people that you're interviewing in this this movie? Like, was it just kind of a natural thing that you bumped into people? Did you seek out people's stories? How did you uh, cultivate the groups of people that you interviewed? Some people actually found, you know, found me, and, and then, but I did have an effort to find them. What's interesting, you know, this has been a project I've been working on for three or four decades, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah. And so... I would say before 1999, you know, before the internet really kicked in, what I would do is in my travels, I would ask local, you know, um, uh, newspapers and local radio stations, local film commissions that I'm making this film. I'm looking for people who've overcome adversity, but have a lot of joy and hope in their lives. Are there any interesting characters? So I did it like the real organic way of, of doing it. I'm not even sure if you could do it, you know, to be honest, on a Google search to be honest, because what are you going to put in? Like emotional, (laughs) heartwarming individual who happens to be in Vermont, you know, in in, in the next month, I need to find that person. I mean, no, because a lot of people aren't celebrities and don't want to be celebrities and don't have what everybody has now, which is really ridiculous, some kind of social media following and footprint. Um, I think that, you know, the, the the salt of the earth, the people who coach, you know, Little League, the people who teach, the people who nurse, those are the ones we got to be really grateful for, right? And they don't have um, a big, you know, they're not, they don't have a Wikipedia page, right? So, yeah, I, I, I think if I had to do it today, I would do it the same way. I would do it by asking and talking, talking to people, you know? having conversations with someone who knows that area and happens to be involved in the community, which newspapers used to be able to do. I hope they're still around that they haven't totally disappeared. Local newspaper, local radio, local TV. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you talked about passion and interviewing these people and feeling their passion for their life or their their work or the things that they're creating and doing and sharing. And, you know, passion is such a big thing that we talk about in this human design space with how we're all energetically unique and have different purpose and, and how 
tuning into the subtleties of your energy can be the thing that unlocks your passion and and what you're here to authentically share and imprint on the rest of the world around you. But I'm curious if you could speak to the correlation that you've found between gratitude and passion and how they can support one another or are intrinsically connected. That's an interesting uh, connection. I think so. So let's think about that. So when you're passionate, you're living your life's purpose probably, you know, because you love what you're doing, right? If you weren't passionate about what you were doing, then you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you just got a job of some kind. So if you're passionate about what you're doing, whether it's, you know, for work or charity or love or art, whatever it might be, then what was the connection to passion to I'm sorry, gratitude. gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Well, well then okay, well then you then my God, how can you not be grateful that you figured out what your life's purpose was? I mean, we're all we all decided to be here at this time and place to do what we need to do before we came onto this planet, I believe, you know? And so therefore, you know, life's journey for a lot of people is to figure out what that is. Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? When you find that out, you know, then you feel fulfilled. And then you're no longer doing work. You're no longer trying to figure things out. Every day you're on the path, which is spiritually rewarding of living your purpose. And studies have found out that people who have purpose live longer. Hello. Okay, it's nice to get that kind of scientific, you know, um, efficacy, you know, to back up what you're saying, that it's good for you. Hello, you know? So, so... If you have your purpose and then you have, you know, it it exudes uh, gratitude because it feels good. It feels good what you're doing. I mean, you want, I mean, that's the secret sauce right there. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Yeah. Well, and I just think about the people who maybe don't know what their passion is or don't feel passionate about life and maybe don't feel grateful, feel stuck in their circumstances or stuck in their day-to-day. And I I love the idea that that you inspired in this, this conversation of how gratitude is always accessible to you in the smallest of moments, even if you don't know your purpose or aren't passionate or don't know what the hell you're fucking doing here. (laughs) Gratitude in this moment for like the smallest of things is available to you now. And that kind of leads eventually, right? To this sense of like, oh, I, I know why the fuck I'm here because I can see this small moment and be grateful for it. If that makes sense. It does. Well, you got to be passionate you're alive, you know, so you start with the most basic thing. I mean, I'm alive. If you're not passionate about being alive, then you're really in trouble. <laughs> I guess you're, you're, I say you're suicidal. So start there. I'm passionate and grateful that I'm breathing. I'm passionate that I'm having a conversation with you right now. And, and what it automatically does, I think that it opens you up to your inner voice, to your soul, where it's easy to find out who you are. And, and, and what you want to do. The problem is, you know, with our culture and whatever, we've been sort of, a lot of people are maybe doing what other people think they should be doing. And therefore, you know, that that's, we could, you know, everybody knows that, you know, we, we get manipulated by culture, manipulated by media, manipulated by beauty, used incorrectly to manipulate your behavior. Once you, if you can discard all of that and then just have a clear, conversation with yourself hello how often do you do that instead of you know fear of missing out on your you know your your news feed or your social feed they're all really addictive things and and look in my films everybody goes oh wow so beautiful as if it's like some kind of like frosting i put on the outside of the cake to make it it's no beauty is the language beauty is the message you know, I'm seducing you to fall in love with the truth of nature or the truth of the story or the or the beauty of the people that I'm filming. I film them in beautiful light. It takes effort. It takes talent. It, it, but what I'm doing is I'm I'm letting 
you letting the audience open up to being seduced by nature's operating instructions because beauty is what makes the world go round. It's what makes the pollinators, you know, make love to the flowers. It's what makes species make love to each other. It's what makes DNA move forward. It's a positive thing, but we only relate to beauty a lot in terms of consumer, you know, uh, products, you know, that we're using a beautiful woman to be next to the product in a short skirt. It, it, it has it has a cause and effect value <laughs> that unfortunately, you know, probably does drive sales. I mean, that's what advertising and marketing is all about. That's what that's what this country is really good at. We don't make product anymore. We're just brands of marketing and advertisers. But what are we really doing? We use the most talented artists to create music, to create visuals, to create, you know, um, you know, fashion design. I mean, I used to direct commercials for 15 years. I worked with the most talented people who got paid the greatest amount of money to make a 30-second video that would compel you to buy a product. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> This conversation is so interesting about beauty because beauty is something that we talk about actually a lot in human design too. We talk about aesthetics and how it is a language. Exactly like you're saying, it communicates a frequency. So the type of beauty is going to draw in a type of person or a type of whatever that is pursuing that specific form of beauty that's communicating in that language. And I think there's that's a really interesting idea to explore because there's a lot of shadow around beauty. And also there's so much spiritual inspiration and love and gratitude for life that can come from beauty. So, I mean, I was just watching um, your film, The Wings of... Uh, life, life. Wings of Life on Disney Plus, if anyone hasn't watched it yet. It's so amazing. So beautiful. The part where you film the bats in the moonlight with their wings, I was like freaking out. Anyways, the idea of beauty, like the flowers being these seductress like energy and like luring them in with their beauty. It was such an interesting twist, an interesting take on beauty and on nature that I had literally never thought about before because I only think of flowers and associate them with beautiful like life and this like, you know, but I've had never really thought of that kind of seductress energy. So fascinating. And also, you know, the idea of beauty, I think a lot of people look at art and look at music and we we think of beauty, right? And we think about how beautiful nature can be. And I think that we have such a shadow around beauty with human beings um, because of the, you know, body image stuff and sexuality and the way that those things have been contorted. But I've recently kind of realized through through films like yours where you're interviewing people and showing them as this beautiful a person, as a beautiful work of art, a beautiful work of God's intelligent design. You know, like each person is just as spectacular as any piece of nature, as any piece of art. In fact, I would dare to say that people are the most beautiful works of art, you know, more beautiful than any work of art that you could ever create. But we don't often see it in that way because we're so, our vision is so twisted by marketing and by our beauty standards that we stop seeing stories as beautiful or people's struggle or passion for life as beautiful. So I'm, I'm really interested in this idea of, you know, wanting you wanting to spotlight people and their stories about life and passion and gratitude and all of that as, as beautiful. Um, I'm curious how you approach that. Well, first of all, the story had to be beautiful. You know, the narrative, you know, that they, that they overcome adversity and had joy and hope and love in their life. But then again, I was very conscious that when I film, I film it with good lighting you know, and beautiful camera work, you know, and, you know, 35 millimeter film back then, and now 4K, 6K, I mean, I make sure the technical stuff is all there as well. But again, what, what, what you just highlighted was beauty has been used to manipulate us to buy product. Yeah. You know, you got like everything from, you know, Kim Kardashian to, you know, Vogue to all that shit. Well, I shouldn't say shit. All that, <laughs> you know, but but that's what people think is, is what beauty is in totality, you know. But what it is, is if you look at it from a more nature's point of view, it, it's a vibration. What is it about the color red that turns you on, you know? Well, it's a wavelength of light is what it is, you know? 
and 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 so certain vibrations of music you know how does that turn you on we can't be shy about using the word being turned on you know i mean fuck that's what makes the world go around you yeah. know and it isn't it isn't sex it, it only sex because when you mention you know wings of life and the pollinators think about the fact that the bees the bats the hummingbirds and the butterflies are pollinating the flowers they're not making love to each other because they're not even the same species. As a matter of fact, they're in totally different kingdoms. You've got plants and you've got animals getting it on, you know? So, you know, it's the intersection of, of these two giant, quote-unquote, queendoms or kingdoms or genres, whatever you want to call it, that is the foundation of life. Because if they weren't doing that, we wouldn't have fruits, nuts, vegetables berries and 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 so what are the flowers really doing you're taking source energy light energy which is the only source we know of i don't know of anything that's more basic than light energy correct yeah i mean if you want to go back what what is this what is this what is this the sun we can start off say the sun is the source of everything right okay yeah. so light how do you how do you capture light energy plant knows how to take that turn it into you know chemical bonds you know, called food, you know, medicine, shelter. And it does it with flowers that is the reproductive organ of the plant. How does the flower reproduce? Well, it doesn't have legs, needs to find the mate. Guess what? It just figured out how to tell a messenger to do it for it, you know? So I'm going to give the bee, the bat, the hummingbird, the butterfly some some nectar, you know, some pollen, so that they can gather that either for food or bring it back to feed their babies, back in the hive. How beautiful is that? Unknowingly, the bee gets all that pollen stuck to its fur. And as it goes from flower to flower, guess what? It's moving the DNA around because diversity is key for successful evolution and reproduction. And, you know, plants don't have legs. So um, they're, they're enabling each other. But what's even more beautiful than that is that it's a transaction that isn't like, I do this for you and you did that for me. I think it happens unknowingly. The bee is gathering the nectar and the pollen to feed its babies. The flower is putting out that sweetness in order for it to reproduce. I don't think it's conscious that that food is being used to feed the hive. Okay? You know, I'm just taking the, rom the romantic bit out of it for the moment <laughs> and saying, I'm going to, I need help. I need a messenger. I'm going to seduce this guy to do that. And how does it do it? with beauty, with color, with taste, with aroma, with 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 um, composition, with patterns that can only be seen in ultraviolet light, you know? Um, it's seducing in a really positive way. It's basically a secret sauce or a secret score, a secret language to get that animal to do what it wants to do. And the animal is also being it's seducing, I think, the the flower because when it lands on the flower, it vibrates. It's got its little furry thing going on. It's going down <laughs> into the into the ovary and doing all kinds of cool stuff, right? Yeah. Flower knows that because it knows that it can, you know, then with that furry animal or the animal, I mean, a bumblebee, for example, vibrates at a at the same vibration as the C note. And when it lands on a tomato, that's the only vibration that, that enables the pollen to come out. So, so cool. Every, every, wow. seed, every seed in a tomato is a grain of pollen that was taken from one flower to the next. But this vibration that the bumblebee does, we, we witnessed it with a scientific expert. He took a tuning fork, banged it on the table, touched the flower, and it exuded pollen. Wow. Wow. So it's a vibration, right? It's a vibration. Color is a vibration. If you ask any like quantum physicist, what's the world made of? What are they going to say? Everything is vibrations. Yeah, Everything yeah. wavelengths of energy. Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds kind of dry when you think about it. It doesn't really turn you <laughs> on, but that is the answer. <laughs> but that is the answer you're going to get. Everything's vibrations. Everything's wavelengths of energy. I mean, that's all we talk about on this show. Yeah, everything. <laughs> okay, well, that's exactly. great. Like that, that turns us on. <laughs> okay, but, but it, it's not very poetic as much as like all the beautiful poems and songs that have been written about love throughout right. the ages. 
you know, yeah. where, you know, you express your love for a, a female goddess and all the mythology that goes around that. How beautiful is that? So I think, I think, you know, you guys are beautiful. I think we, we should be proud of our beauty. You know, um, everyone should be really, really proud and express their beauty fully which I think we hold back on a little bit because Definitely. as you mentioned that shadow, we're like, oh, is that being manipulative or am I being like trendy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's well, like yeah. all that crap. Like you got to let go of that and realize that expressing, when that flower expresses its beauty, it's not shy. Yeah. It's not worrying about cultural you know, <laughs> norms or taboos or whatever. It's like, I need to get laid. <laughs> I've got a short <laughs> biological window, right? If I don't move my pollen around in the next three to four days, guess what? I'm not fulfilling life's, you know, major goal, which is having life go forward. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. more important than that. Life's got to go forward. That's the most power. That's an energy force. Life is a force of energy that overcomes entropy. Everything in the universe wears out. Cars, mountains, everything wears out. So how do you overcome that? What a genius invention we created called reproduction. Hello, your yeah. body will wear out, but guess what? Your energy goes forward. You know, you are the product of your ancestry, right? Yeah. And you do stand on your shoulders and you are a continuum of that. And that is the most important thing we all do on this planet, animals and birds and insects, whatever, is that they're motivated to reproduce or they're motivated for DNA to go forward, however however that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, that is the miracle of life. And the only thing that doesn't wear out is time. And we've all been finding a way to navigate time and to live on or spread our energy throughout time. And I think that, you know, this idea of, of being turned on by life and letting your expression of onness be the full onness that it can, right? To to find your alignment helps you to release that control, right? Because the flower yeah. is just turned on and in its full expression and it's not controlling what bee is going to come and then where that bee is going to fly and what flower that bee is going to then fly on and and all the things that we try to control as yeah. we're creating our life. It's like, who am I going to reach out to? And how am I going to say that thing? And then if I do that, then I'll get this and then I'll save that amount. And then I'll blah, blah, yeah. blah. Right. We're trying to control so much. And we talk about in human design a lot, the, the sacral sounds that can come out of you. These like, Ooh, like you see that food and you're like, Ooh, I'm turned on by that food or like that that email or that idea or somebody saying this thing or you smell the smell and you're just like, yeah. ooh, I want that thing, right? That turned on energy. A lot of times we stifle it with our mind of like, what should yeah. we want? What should we do? What should we say? But if you can just tap into that primal feeling of just like, I want to devour that fucking thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you can just, if your life could always be moments of that, of that, I just want to take a bite out of life and like be in that juicy deliciousness of it. I mean, talk about how fast and free and like out of control, but but the most beautiful expression of what you're meant to be. How how that's literally what life is doing all the time is that. And there's a lack of control, but people would say that's chaos, but that's how the most diverse ecosystems that are the healthiest are. I don't think it's it's lack of control. I mean, yeah, get the mind shut up for a little bit is, is a good <laughs> idea. I mean, basically what we're saying is feel. Yes. And you're the highest um, evolution of who we are as beings is the fact that we can feel that we have heart. You know, I'm not really questioning whether animals can feel. I, I think many of them do. Maybe many of them don't. Not to the level of what maybe human beings can do in terms of our emotions. So our emotional evolution is the pinnacle of who we are. We're not the smartest. We're not the fastest. We might be the most emotional, you know. 
or have the capacity for being the most emotional that we can feel. And our sensory receptors, we need to just be more open to that and to develop that and not question it and not try to even put a name on it, which I think happens a lot. Like, oh, here's that beautiful flower and you smell it. And people go, is that a rose or is that a dandelion or is it a, you know, is it a, a this or a that? Like as if that name means anything at all. <laughs> Nothing. So true. Or when I show people like by imagery, they go, oh, is that New Zealand or Greenland? And, and, and they want to know the name of where it is. As opposed to just like letting go and feeling it, you know, immersing yourself in the experience of, and you can probably lean into, if you want, why does it turn me on? Why does it make me feel this way? Not like, what is it? What's the name of it? So that I can pigeonhole it in some part of my brain, you know, but like, what, what is it about magenta? What is it about turquoise Mm -hmm. that like, you know, turns you on, you know, and, and then. And like feel it. The only the only way you get that answer is you have to feel it, really yeah. deep into it. When I, yeah, I I taste that raspberry, whoa, you know, right? Yeah. It's like what, like savor it. Mm. And that when 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 we're saying all this stuff, what are we actually saying? Be in the moment, be present. And isn't that the goal of every meditation practice? To be yeah. present, to be in yeah. the moment. Don't be in the past. Don't be in the future. Be here now, right now. And when you feel, you have to be in the present. Yeah. You can't feel in the forward and you can't feel in the back. I think you got to feel right now. How do I feel? What am I doing? How am I, you know, living my life? Okay. Yeah. So does the tomato feel that C note? Like feel it physically or emotionally? The flower does, or if, if you want to be more hardcore scientist, let's just say that there's a vibrational coherence occurring. I'm speaking now like a you know my, my scientific advisors. There's a, <laughs> there's a vibrational coherence occurring, which occurs with human beings. You yeah. walk into a room and at a party or something, right? You guys are very attractive, and there'll be like four or five guys over there. Who are you gonna talk to? You're going to get a message from your heart to the brain in a millisecond that's based on the vibration of your heart and your heart rate variability that you're going to feel is more coherent with one person versus another. I'm just talking science for the moment that they've done these heart math does this stuff. It's really interesting to look at it that way. Or you could just say, hey, I had a vibe or I had a feeling (laughs) in my gut, right? I felt really good about that person, which which is the truth. You know, yeah. but it's kind of cool that you can, we have tools now that measure that, you know, which is interesting. So the heart is telling the brain who to connect to. And then the bounce back signal to the heart to, to, to feel that connection. We need, we need to live more out of our hearts, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, it's so fascinating what you're talking about. I'm hearing a lot in our this conversation, this duality between the divine feminine, if you will, and the divine masculine. Not talking about male and female, but the feminine energy, the yin, if you will, and then the yang, if you will. So even with this tomato, Shana's like, does the tomato feel it with their emotion or is it the vibrational resonance? And that's a question of whether you're looking at something through this divine feminine language, which would be feeling and experiencing right. it, or the divine masculine, the scientific, like it's a vibration vibrational resonance and they're equal at the same, you know, whatever pace and then they, you know, connect. And I think even when you're talking about the story of the flower creating this, uh, using its power, its divine feminine power to lure in instead of, you know, we're so used to hearing these stories in uh, nature documentaries about the masculine animals, for example, like the cheetah, that's the apex predator. And he goes after and he kills and he takes what he has. And like, that's the most powerful animal. And we don't hear these stories of the divine feminine power in nature, like the flower that takes within her own being. She shines beauty, she attracts, and she allows other people to do the work for her. And that is her power. And so I think it's so interesting to talk about these this duality of both, because of course we are all, but every single person right. has both this divine feminine and this divine masculine. And so does nature yeah. and so does music. And so does sound waves and light waves. Like you can look at it from either perspective. And I think that that's what's missing in our world is actually the divine feminine. But I think we're moving towards the union of both, the reconnection. 
but but that's why I make the films I make. Yeah, I, I make films that really do. In 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 your words, you know, tell the story of the divine feminine. Yeah. Now, most nature docs, I really abhor for the fact that it's all about you know the Darwinian struggle, which is bullshit. That's yeah. part of life. This you know battle of kill or be killed, survival of the fittest, the doggy dog thing, the macho thing. But that only happens at the top of the food chain. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, if those guys disappear, life goes on. I'll tell you what would happen if we lose the foundation of life. The feminine, the flowers, the pollinators, the fungi that make soil. If you lose that, you lose everything. Yeah. There is no food for anybody. There is no way to take light energy and turn into food, fuel, and shelter. That is the foundation of life. And there are billions of these intersections happening in every second. The entertainment world programmers believe that you can tell a story without conflict. And I've always said bullshit to that. <laughs> you know, because this story, as you saw with Wings of Life, we got Meryl Streep. Mm -hmm. The voice of Meryl Streep being the flower of all these different flowers, seducing the bees, bats, pollinators, hummingbirds to come get her. That's a fucking love story. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, and it's like it's a story that I want to learn about. I really don't want to see killer be killed. Yeah, there's enough of that. I get it. But the love story is the story that makes the world go round. It's 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 the portal, the path, and the solution of how we take care of our environmental crisis as well. That's the that's the path we need to be on in order to survive. If I want to be an environmentalist, if I want to care about saving the planet, that's the path I need to be on. The top of the food chain isn't where it's at at all. Right. And and kill or be killed is is all is is an old-fashioned story based on conflict that is pressing the fear button. And then we come back to beauty. What what can what can compete with fear as a media, you know, storytelling tool? Beauty. How can I make you laugh? How can I make you cry? How can I make you feel? I need an emotional thing that's more powerful than fear. Fear is emotion, but it's triggered as a cheap shot. I point a gun at you. Duh. I cut my throat. Duh. I can get a reaction. Yeah. Does it take any talent? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. How do I make you laugh and cry? How do I make you feel love? That takes, you know, more, more energy, you know, and, but it can overcome fear. Yes. And I... You telling these stories that spotlight the divine feminine, I appreciate that about your heart and soul so much. I think it is so, so, so needed in the world because the the divine feminine and the birth of all things is where everything starts from. So every single person, whether you are a woman or not, whether you decide to have kids or not, you were born. And that started with the divine feminine womb. And so in order for us to save our planet, you know, protect our climate and the earth that is our home, we have to return back to having true gratitude and appreciation for birth and for the divine feminine and for our soil and for the, like the stories that you tell and that gratitude, that love and that beauty and that laughter, you know, all of those things I would categorize as love. And I think of love and fear a lot as these, you know, two opposing forces in our universe. And love is the only thing more powerful than fear, but we all know that fear is so powerful for most of us. It completely overtakes our lives. And it's the reason why we sacrifice our passions for what other people expect us to because we're afraid of failing. We're afraid of not belonging, all of these things. And if we can focus on stories of gratitude and love and beauty, I think that it's the only thing that can yeah, so, redirect so the moment, us. So for the people that are listening, the moment you feel fear, you know, um, which holds you back, obviously, it's, a, it's such an easy practice. What can you be grateful for? I got five fingers. Guess what? They move. I'm breathing. Yes. <laughs> um, and what you're doing is it's not that it's even a better thing. It's like you neurologically cannot have two thoughts going on at the same time, you know? So you're shutting down the negative stuff. You're shutting down the rumination or you're putting it on pause at minimum while I'm thinking about what I'm grateful for. And just the fact that you can put that on pause, that's a great gift mm -hmm. because we've all been there. We all cycle about something around and around and around. Why did he do that to me? And <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like a broken record. And it's like it's hard. I get it. 
It's hard to stop that cycle of, of rumination going on in your brain, but you can put it on pause. And, and, and when you practice gratitude in that way, then pretty soon it just disappears. And it's almost like a hard drive. You know, it's like if you fill a hard drive up with good stuff, there's no room for the negative stuff. It's kind of like if you look at it that way, you go, okay, great. I'll just, for the moment, (laughs) put it aside. I'm going to fill my hard drive up with some good thoughts for now. I'm not being Pollyanna. I'm not ignoring what's going (laughs) on in the world. But for me right now, I'm going to be be kind to myself. I'm going to smell the flowers. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to think about how I'm grateful for my kids or my parents or whatever, my friends. How lucky am I? What can I be? And then you write that list in your head, you know? You don't have to write it down in a journal. Just write down three things right now that I'm most grateful for. The coffee. God damn, it tastes good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, whoa. Like, it doesn't take a lot. And then then you're back on path. You're, you're, You're back on your journey again you're you're back doing what you should be doing and and whatever that bummed you out before has faded away thank yeah. god beautiful and i think that in this age of smartphones and the age of media and information overload and all of that we have to be also you know the thoughts in our head when we have a fear thought or a negative thought you know catch yourself come back to gratitude but also with the media that we're taking in we're taking in fear based media we're taking in media that pulls us down catch that too and go watch a movie like gratitude revealed go watch a media that's going to re-inspire you and help redirect you and you know i'm curious for people listening where can they where can they watch gratitude revealed well I'm glad you said that because what I had to do was I had to create my own channel, which I've done recently. So it's the Louis channel TV. It's like an app you can get on your mobile, but what's really cool. It's an app you can download on Apple TV, Roku or smart TV. So you can watch everything in 4k on the big screen. Nice. That's why I think size matters. And so you need to really get into it. And so if you go to Louis channel on either the app store on the, you know, those devices or on your phone. And then we have carousels. One of them is called Gratitude, and there's something called the Watch Party, and uh, you can watch it. I, like, I wanted to create a place that was safe where you could go, where you wouldn't even for a fraction of a second have somebody point a gun at you or witness a murder, you know, which happens like the moment you turn on your TV, it's like it's on a cop show, and all of a sudden I just saw something terrible. That is toxic. That creates cortisol. That creates inflammation. That will shorten your life, you know? And and eventually, just as we learned with, with tobacco and lung cancer and fast food with diabetes, this shit is toxic, you know? And it's not good for you. And I'm not going to try to censor people to say what you should watch and what you should not watch. I'm just offering a platform where I'm going to tell you that everything will be life-affirming you know, and a safe place to go because I personally can't take it even for like, you know, 30 seconds. I can't take watching something that is violent um, because my sensory receptors are open. Most people, by the time they graduate, let's say high school, have witnessed a thousand murders on television. Think about that. You would never witness a murder in real life. And if you watch video games, who knows what the number is? Like, what are we doing to our world, to our, to our worldview, to our con- to our consciousness? And so really, as I know, we're getting close to the end here. We, in order to shift consciousness, we need to shift our behavior. And we can shift our behavior by making people fall in love with and celebrate life. Yes. Wow. I My mind is blown by this conversation. I am so grateful that we got to have this conversation. And just even with the starting with the smallest thing, actionable thing that people can do right now is to find this very present moment. What can you be grateful for? What are you grateful for in this moment right now, if you're listening? And what turns you on is the other thing <laughs> I would say. Like the small things 
And also, how can you choose to notice fear and come into gratitude and consume things that are nurturing that versus attacking you? Um, I've never thought about how our media, like we witness thousands of murders and violence, just so much violence within our media um, and what that's doing to our bodies and how how toxic that is. Like I've thought about it, but not to the level to which you're you're sharing here. And so I'm really grateful that you've created a channel that sounds freaking like what? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds insane. Yeah. Um like a huge amount of work. And um but I'm really really grateful that you're leading this new paradigm, this consciousness shift um in the way that you are. It's it's just so needed. You're so ahead of your time. I'm like I'm just blown away. Like my mind's like, oh shit. Like you can see, oh, I don't want anyone to be attacked in the space that I'm creating. So I'm just going to create my own channel. That's pretty epic. And talk about um, taking action on the things that you want more of in your life. And look, I want to applaud both of you too. You're young, beautiful women. And I can say that you're beautiful and not hopefully get attacked for saying (laughs) that, you know. Because you are, and you should like stretch your stuff and be proud of that. Yeah. And, and it's also the key to our survival. Because when I said I, when I talk about the feminine, what is the most important thing? It's it's having, like you said, we're we were all born. It's all about regeneration. It's all about rebirth. It's all about nurturing. If that isn't happening, end of story, right? That's what we need to do. It's a right down the environmental movement. Most organizations, Patagonia, you name it. What's the most important thing? It's like regeneration. We, you know, if we lose our soil, we lose our plants, we lose our food. Duh. Like, okay, what is regeneration? Regeneration is the feminine. How do you recycle life? It's like the most important aspect we got to focus on right now because of what we're doing. You know, so I don't want to go into a dark doomsday thing on the environment. I am an environmentalist. Care a lot about it, but it's beautiful that it all goes back to and the wake up call is regeneration that's what we got to do nurturing rebirth you know matter can't be destroyed can't be created energy can't be destroyed can't be created everything has to be recycled you know everything has to be reborn nothing sad or bad about all of that fungi is not the end of life it's the beginning of life Mm. you got to have the component parts to build something from scratch in order to do that you got to break it down and things are breaking down in our lives Fossil fuel economies, governments, all kinds of shit, old ways of doing shit. But we're also having major breakthrough right now. Technological breakthrough, consciousness breakthrough. I feel it in my bones. I applaud what you guys are doing. Yes. Mm, I feel it. You. It's happening. Yes. The crumbling, crumbling and the rising. <laughs> yeah. The rebirth. That, that's life. It's yeah. good. Breakdown yeah. is good. I keep you know? seeing the like the snake that's eating its tail. What's that called? Ouroboros or something like that. Yeah. It's like (laughs) the, the beginning is the end and, and the end is the beginning. So I'm, I'm so grateful. So where can everyone find you? Where can they connect with more of your work? And what does everyone need to know? Yeah. I think the Louis channel is like the best part because, you know, I have over 2000 hours of material that I've stored in my life that I'm finally having the platform or the, to, to be able to express it. I mean, when I started, there were only three TV channels and maybe five or six studios and everything had to be that old-fashioned story. Conflict, kill or be killed, macho, you know. We want people to be on the edge of their seat. We got to press the fear button. Can't tell a story unless we get people to f- be scared or feel stressed out, wow. you know. Yeah. We fucking need a new story, you know. And it is the feminine. Yes, totally, totally true. It's about cooperation. It's about relationships. It's about symbiosis. It's about regeneration, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the secret solution going forward. COVID taught us that. The environmental degradation is teaching us that. Political discourse is teaching us that. That's the path right there. Yes. 
Amazing. Well, we'll be sure to link everything in the show notes. And I am so, so, so excited to watch more of your work. I'm honestly such a fan and meeting you in this conversation. I'm just so appreciative of the work that you've created and the way that you followed your passion and the ripple effect that it's making. And this approach of wanting to um, preach what you love and make positive change. I think that that's so important. And if we don't have hope for our future, it's really hard to get behind, uh, wanting to protect it and wanting to stand up. And so that gratitude piece, that hope piece, that promoting beauty and regeneration and seeing that as a spiritual act. I'm just so grateful for all of that stuff that you embody, that you speak about, that you infuse into your work. So thank you so much for what you do. And thank you for being here today. Okay. Well, you have big hearts in order to feel all that. So I appreciate that as well. Wow. We could keep talking to Louie forever. (laughs) This conversation was so fascinating and just, I'm really excited for our future. I know times feel like disheartening and, and there's not much that we can do and everything feels out of control. But when you have a conversation like this and you tap into this frequency, there's so much that we are empowered to do and shift and change. And it starts with the smallest thing, our internal world, our mind, our body, listening to our energy. Everything is light. Everything is frequency. We have the power to work with that and change that because we are that. So we could talk about this forever. We probably will. I wouldn't put it past us. And you know where you can keep diving into everything that we have to offer on our website, daylunalife.com. You can join us in our monthly membership, Your Human Design Besties. That's where we get to gather every single month and sit in ceremony and dive into these more internal spiritual, doing that awareness check-in every single month to really be working with your energy versus against it. We have tons of amazing things that we offer every month, like our human design transit calendar and mini courses each month on human design and also integrating practices to help you really start changing your life and working with your energy, like tappings and meditations and different tools. So you can find your human design besties on our website. Um, We also have a course and tons of products and things, different ways that you can dive in. And our book, Your Human Design is anywhere books are sold. So you can look for that on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, but also once again, our website, daylunalife.com. So hit us up on Instagram at dayluna. Come say hi. And we love you all so much. We hope that you just notice a little bit more beauty today. Dive into a little bit more turn on, set yourself free a little bit more and practice some gratitude. Three things you're grateful for right now in this moment after this ends. I invite you to say them out loud, to claim them, to own them, to feel them in your body. We love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful, grateful rest of your day.